This episode is sponsored by Aspire. Does your company culture have what it takes to last? After the upheaval of the pandemic, many companies and organizations are struggling to adapt to new regulations, new workflows, and new workplace culture. After witnessing the dramatic weakening in the core values of great companies during mergers, acquisitions, and rapid growth, Patricia Asp, a forward board member and principal, launched Aspire, an organization founded to preserve the goodness in companies by hardwiring culture for sustainability. For the month of June, Aspire is offering our listeners a discounted rate on their culture sustainability assessment. Visit patriciaasp.com slash contact dash us and type forward in your message to qualify for the discount. Make 2021 the year your company soars. Welcome back to Work, Love, Pray, Real Talk, Grounded in Truth. I'm Jordan Johnstone. Today, we are going to be talking about something that we've all wanted at work. I mean, whether that we knew what to call it or not, it's something that we've all desired since the first time we played on the playground. We all want to be included. We all want to feel like we have a voice. And in the workplace, this desire to be heard and seen is not something that is always satisfied. In fact, honestly, feeling like we're just a faceless body on a team or like when we send those emails or inquiries, we're just kind of sending it into a black hole of departments. I mean, all those feelings are unfortunately a pretty common experience. And it's one that can absolutely be avoided with reframing and retraining. So joining me today to talk more about intentional inclusion is Patricia Asp. Patricia recently launched Aspire, an organization founded to preserve the goodness in companies by hardwiring culture for sustainability. Patricia has spent years in corporate America and is passionate about stemming the weakening of core values in great companies. Her specialties include business turnarounds, strategic planning, culture and values, sustainability, and multiple location distributed organizational models, emphasis on performance and process improvement. Patricia is also a forward board member and has been instrumental in guiding our organization and helping us define who we are and why we do what we do. So if there's anyone who is qualified to talk to us today about getting your company to a place where it is intentionally inclusive, it is Patricia. So Patricia, thank you so much for being on here today. Thank you, Jordan. It's great to be with you. Of course, of course. Well, we hear the term inclusion being used a lot. Uh, and especially today, I feel like, but everyone kind of has their own definition of it. So for the purposes of our conversation today, I would love to hear what does inclusion mean to you? Well, for me, Jordan, it starts with a fundamental belief, actually from Genesis, that all people are created in the image and likeness of God. Mm -hmm. So I was raised that everyone had inherent value and worth and were to be treated with dignity and respect. It didn't make any difference in our home if you were like visiting from a foreign country to learn agricultural practices on the farm or who was then referred to as a hobo who had Mm -hmm. jumped off um, a train that passed through my parents' property. All were welcome and all got treated with the same level of specialness as a guest in our home. So the topic of our podcast today is intentional inclusion. What does it mean to be intentional with our colleagues? When we believe in an area of our business or organization that is important, we deliberately set out to know as much as we can. Hmm. It's the same with inclusion. 
People are important. People are individuals. Um, no two are like Jordan. Um, right. I loved what C.S. Lewis wrote in The Weight of Glory. And I'm going to paraphrase it because it was a real long <laughs> paragraph. C.S. <laughs> Lewis, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are no ordinary people. Hmm. You have never talked to a mere mortal. But it is immortals we work with. Hmm. To be taken seriously, no flippancy, no superiority, no presumption. And he crystallizes his thought with saying, next to the blessed sacrament itself, your neighbor is the holiest object presented to your senses. Hmm. Think about that. Yeah. Our coworkers, our bosses, our customers, investors, shareholders, they're all immortals. Doesn't that thought reshape how we view others and our intentionality? Absolutely. I mean, and, and like I said, it, in, it, being inclusive, that's a big, big, hot topic right now. And so it is kind of interesting to, he C.S. Lewis is almost, simplifying it. <laughs> if you can, he's almost, you know, kind of just making it go, well, you know, don't really worry about, you know, all these different aspects of inclusion, like just be inclusive. <laughs> well, so another area that lacks diversity is in the boardrooms and on senior leadership in corporate America. And I don't think that that's news to many people. <laughs> um, so, I mean, what you've worked, you know, with organizations at this level. So what do you see as some of the causes of this lack of diversity? Well, you know, if we look historically, um, women and minorities got a late start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so diversity really hasn't come to the forefront right. uh, as a key governance priority probably last decade. Yeah. Um. So you've got that with a late start. Then the pool for board positions mm. uh, most time came from C-level executives, you know, the CEOs, COOs, chief marketing officers, chief information officers. And when you look at that pool, it's not diverse either. Right. Additionally, there's slow turnover in board positions. So, it elongates progress, right? Because with a slower turnover to fill them from a non-diverse pool, uh, it's slow, slower mm -hmm. than we'd like. Yeah. Um, and women and minorities were really not networked into your governance development committees, the people that were making the decision on who joined the board. Right. So from a candidate pool. But today... There are organizations that are focused just on women, on boards of directors and minorities. And we have made great progress. We are seeing month over month where major corporations and major companies are filling key board director positions with women and minorities. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's a heightened awareness by employees and shareholders, executive leadership, about the need to have a diverse board 
and the difference it makes in results. And we're mm-hmm. even we're even seeing movement at the state level mm-hmm. where many states are now legislating mm-hmm. to have mandates for women and minorities on boards. Yeah. Well, and you and Diane are, Diane Patterson, our founder, are part of an organization that I think is doing a lot of really incredible work. Could you, could you talk about that a little bit? Well, there's two organizations. Um, Edie Fisher founded the Women's Business Collaborative, mm-hmm. which has as one of their major initiatives both board membership and C-level mm. and the pipeline to both. Yeah. So from a candidate perspective, there's also a women's corporate directors, which focuses on providing candidates to businesses that are looking for board members and also grooming people for mm. board membership with training. So what would you say is the lack or the source of lack of inclusion in the workforce? Because, I mean, it's got to be coming from somewhere. (laughs) Well, in most cases, it starts at the top. Mm -hmm. Uh, Inclusion must be modeled by leadership. Yeah. You know, the old adage, if you don't live it, you don't believe it. Right, right. It rings true with inclusion as well. Mm. Yeah. They need to model the way. Our beliefs are the bedrock of Mm. our values. But as a case, in in many situations, values have to be defined. So everybody is on the same page. Right. You know, we use these words and we think everybody has the same meaning and they don't. For alignment, we need to say and, and really articulate clearly what behaviors we expect to see evident hmm. when those values are being practiced in the workplace. Behaviors transcend yeah. race, religion, age, backgrounds, experience. Behaviors can be the great unifier. A friend of mine joined um, a faith-based organization uh, as a CEO. Hmm. She was prepared by the board that performance needed to improve, and they also knew she had never led, excuse me, a faith-based organization. Hmm. She discovered many of the managers and the employees had actually weaponized the faith tenants Hmm. to justify mediocrity Hmm. and not achieving their goals. Totally opposite of what the board and the CEO defined the values and the required behaviors. Hmm. So my foundational belief is that if we don't get to the behavioral level, we won't have alignment and we won't have unity. Yeah. Well, and speaking about behaviors, I mean, so there's two sides to the inclusion battle, I guess we'll put it. You have the people that are at, you know, one end that want to get into the boardroom, you know, but they're maybe early career, mid career, you know, they're just not there yet. And then you've got the other people who have made it, but you know, they're alone <laughs> or, you know, they've, they've realized like, 
it took a lot to get them there. So, I mean, behavior wise, what can that person or that woman do who's mid-career really wants to get there behavior wise? Like what can she do? And then the woman who's already there behavior wise, what can she do to kind of open up that boardroom? Oh, that's a great question, Jordan, <laughs> because we need to find mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make any difference how successful you've been. And that if you've not done something before, find someone that has mm-hmm. and ask for their advice and their mentoring. Yeah. And for women that have made it and are there, reach out. Mm-hmm. And, and help other women get to where they want to go with an advisement mm. and in really working together. Give them access to yourself right? so that you can help others. And I think, you know, one of the things, and of course, from my perspective, forward is the excellent, <laughs> excellent example of that with, mm-hmm. with mentoring. And it doesn't make any difference where you are in your career yeah. from starting out to sea level mm. to board members. You know, we all want that community. Right, right. And, and we can all learn something from each other. Yeah. Hey there, jumping in real quick to remind you to join us for our next Candid Conversations webinar, where a group of forward women and marketplace chaplains will be discussing how we can process and move forward from the mental and emotional impacts of unexpected pivots. Like, you know, living through a pandemic and having just about everything in our lives changed. Tune in next Thursday, June 24th at 7 p.m. Central to be part of that conversation. If you'd like to actually be involved in the conversation and ask questions, be sure to register. We only have 100 spots available on the Zoom webinar, so register quick to secure your spot for the evening. The first 25 people who register will also have access to a breakout session after the webinar with Dr. Shannon Crawford. That breakout session will be a great opportunity and setting for you to ask questions that maybe you didn't want to ask on the broadcast webinar. To register, just click the link in this episode's show notes or just go to forwardwomen.org slash candid conversations. If you're listening to this after June 24th, 2021, you can find the recording on our website. We are looking forward to this candid conversations webinar and I hope to see you there. Well, and, and the vice president actually <laughs> was just <laughs> on a, a podcast, I think, uh, with someone and she was talking about uh, Forbes has a know your values 50 over 50 list that they're coming out with if they haven't already. And she spoke with this person and, and one of the comments that she made was don't let age degrade your ambition. So I think, you know, that goes along with what you're saying. You don't there's not like a, a, a milestone that you have to hit before you can be a mentor or find a mentor, like do it where you are. Right. <laughs> you know I mean, it, it won't hurt you. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and have the courage right. to reach out and ask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, sometimes we look at people that are so successful and, and we're afraid to ask them. Mm, yeah. And we should never be afraid have yeah. the courage to ask, hey, what's the worst thing that can happen? <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. it's yeah. no big deal. Ask. Yeah. Get out, ask, and you will be surprised mm-hmm. at 
people being very willing yeah. to help. Yeah. Well, and I feel like on the other end of that, you know, the person that you're asking, they probably, like you said, would love to help, but maybe they, they're afraid because they don't want to seem, you know, arrogant or, you know, whatever of like, Hey, I can help you. But you know, it, it probably goes both ways. You probably both will, if you initiate that conversation, you'll probably both go into it going, Oh man, we really wanted to do this, but you know, and then there's going to be some, some little hurdle that they'd made up in their mind of, you know, this is why we can't do this. But, um, yeah, I, I, and like you said, I mean, that's kind of the beauty of the forward mentor program is you don't necessarily have to go through that in your mind, awkward, you know, initial, Hey, can you be my mentor? Cause we, pair you with someone, but it's the same thing. I mean, you get into that mentorship and that first meeting, you're probably going to hear a lot of like, oh my goodness, I wanted to do this, but, or, you know, I wanted to ask this of someone, but, you know, so it's getting over those, but (laughs) statements and, you know, really kind of just being brave and going for it. Absolutely. Well, so you, speaking of being brave, you recently Mm -hmm. launched your company, Aspire. And as listeners heard in the beginning of this episode, Aspire was your answer to witnessing the dramatic weakening in the core values of great companies. So I would love to hear from you. I mean, what do you hope to accomplish through Aspire and, you know, especially to combat those issues that you mentioned that you've seen? Mm -hmm. Well, Jordan, my wake-up call happened about 20 years ago. Um, mm. I worked with a company that was actually named the most respected company in the world by <laughs> Financial Times. Today, if you went to their website, you would not see mention of the values that have been mm. in place for over 50 years. And since then, I've seen it happen so many mm. times. Just think of your own experience when you hear people say the company just isn't what it used to be or right. we've lost the heart of the company. Yeah. And, and the list of narratives uh, along this vein is longer than we really want it to be mm-hmm. or yeah. it should be. Right. Um, there are really three vulnerable times in companies, as it relates to purpose and culture continuity, Mm. uh, if a company or an organization is going through CEO succession Mm -hmm. um, or rapid growth or mergers and acquisitions or divestitures, um, if the culture and the values are not hardwired into the business model and the supporting processes, Mm -hmm the likelihood of sustainability is dramatically reduced. Yeah. And so what I decided to do was take my experience with two proven methodologies to accomplish not only embedding the culture in processes, Mm -hmm. but ensuring they can be measured Mm. So there can be accountability. Mm. So you have, um, and this is part of what you are offering through your sponsorship, you have a culture sustainability assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we, we have a link that we will include, if you go to that and you put forward in the message, you'll actually qualify for a discount on that. Explain to listeners, what is that assessment? Like, what does that help you do? And what does that help them do? It helps uh, me 
identify gaps mm, okay. where there isn't embedment into the processes and systems so okay. that when we come out of the culture assessment, there will be the identification of gaps so the company knows mm. exactly where they need to strengthen their process and systems to embed the values and the corresponding behaviors so that there can be measurement and there can be accountability. Mm. Okay. So like I said, anybody who's interested, you can click the link in the show notes um, and use forward in the comments and make sure that you get that discount on that. And that is just for the month of June. Um, So I'd love to hear from you just as we kind of come to the end of everything. How can someone, and we kind of touched on this earlier, but I'm wondering if maybe you have some more insight. How can someone that's interested in shifting their company culture, you know, you could be at any part of the company, but you see that, hey, there is a gap, like you mentioned, you know, we need to be more intentionally inclusive. So how do you get started? Like, what are some first appropriate, I guess, steps that someone can take? Well, when you find in the most successful companies and organizations, that uh, they very intentionally prioritized Mm. this as a business imperative. And like all business imperatives, there's a strategy and a plan. Right. With accountability. Right. This is the same. Uh, So intentional inclusion is really no different. But before leaders start... um, there are a lot of questions that need to be asked. You know, just a few. First, mm-hmm. you know, what does it mean in our organization? Right. If you asked, if you went out and asked 50 people what in, intentional inclusion meant, everybody would have a different definition. So you really need to determine what does it mean for your organization. Mm-hmm. And why should we be intentionally inclusion? What's the why? Yeah. Why is it important? What, what's the moral case? What's the business case? You know, what's our current reality? Where are we mm, today? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What does the data show? And what do our current employees think? You know, how do they feel about the culture? Does the diverse workforce believe the culture is inclusive? Mm. Why or why not? Right. You know. But it takes knowledge and skills, too. You know, there are a lot of experts in this area. You know, to name just a few, what's inclusive and strategic leadership? You know, what is your culture competency? Um, What's your global intelligence? Mm. You know, do you have strategic relationships in the areas that you want to build strength? Yeah. You know, how do we optimize talent? Hmm. So all those areas need to be considered. Yeah. Well, and how do you think the pandemic has affected? Like, have you seen maybe in a positive way, like the pandemic has opened up the eyes of people that go, hey, wow, we really need need to work on this. Like, we are not as inclusive as we think. Or have you kind of seen that maybe the pandemic has push it in the opposite direction, you know, and now because we aren't really all together anymore. It's just not really something that people are thinking about. Well, when you read the literature, you can find examples of both, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, where it's been positive 
And I think what has happened to an extent during pan- the pandemic is that mm-hmm. there's been uh, basically we've removed the veil. There's mm-hmm. more yeah. authenticity. Yeah. You know, when we're on Zoom, we're in our homes versus yeah. maybe in the office. <laughs> you know, the dog is you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the dog comes and licks your face. Or, right. You know, there's kids crying. Yeah. Amazon is delivering packages, the doorbell, yeah. you know, everything yeah. goes crazy. <laughs> and so there's been, I think, more authenticity. There's mm-hmm. been more yeah. transparency. Yeah. Um, that's the good thing. Yeah. I think people sincerely have gained a uh, heightened interest in terms of how are my people doing? Hmm. Yeah. How are, how are you doing today? Because that question is getting asked more as we look into the eyes, even if it is on screen, mm-hmm. how's that person doing? Yeah. And so that's the, the good of it. I think the other side of the pandemic, when you look at the great reduction in force, uh, has impacted women significantly. Oh, yeah. During yeah. the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so we lost some ground there. Yeah. yeah. And we need to intentionally play catch up. Yeah. To 2019. Not to 2020. People look at the 2021 to 2020 grow over rates. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it may look good to 2020. Yeah. But (laughs) let's go back. Let's go back to 2019. (laughs) Yeah. And and we're seeing that with the reopening of Mm -hmm. so many of the industries now, especially here in Nashville. Yeah. As we reopen the hospitality industry Mm -hmm. and the entertainment venues. Yeah, it looks good compared to 2020. Right. <laughs> but anything will. <laughs> but far less than 2019. Well, what are some examples of, I mean, I guess give me one on each category. Like what is one company that comes to mind that, you know, maybe not necessarily worked with them, but you just have seen they are really good at being intentionally inclusive. And then on the other end of that, like what's a company that you can think of that maybe could do a little better? Okay. Well, you know what was interesting? I was asked to respond to a panel uh, on employee resource groups at an international conference. And the company that I was asked to um, respond to their panel mm-hmm. was PayPal. Oh, okay. You would have loved it. Yeah. They had every employee resource group there, mm-hmm. and they're faith-based. So we had all the major world religions, mm. no religion, multi-faith uh, ERGs. It was rich. Mm, I bet. As the people discussed the respect that they each had for each other and mm. their beliefs and their faith. Yeah. And they treated each other with so much love hmm. and dignity. And so I thought, wow, this looks like Nirvana. So I went and looked at their quarterly reports, financial reports, because they are publicly traded, and their year end. 
results. Guess what? They blew the lid off their results. Hmm. Phenomenal growth. Now, part of that, of course, pandemic, PayPal, right? Right. Right. But you could just sense the energy of this Mm -hmm. group. I think on the other side of that, who isn't, most company leaders would be able to see for themselves. Mm -hmm. Are we? Do we not tolerate diversity? Do we celebrate it? Hmm. Do we hmm. celebrate yeah. our differences? Yeah. Because we're all different. Right. And, it, and you don't necessarily pick that up just by looking at the individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we have to get far beyond the labels. Yeah. And really discover our similarity. Mm. Yeah. Well, is there anything that you want to share before we go? Of course, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> of course. You know, our companies and our organization, our nation, and our world have all been through a lot. Um, we've witnessed witness heightened um, division and polarization. I believe business and organizations and the leaders play an essential role in bringing unity back. Uh, One company and organization at a time to influence our communities, our states, our nation, and our world. An intentional inclusion with clearly defined values and behaviors can be the beginning of a world-changing movement. I believe that in my heart of hearts. Hmm. Well, thanks so much for joining me for this conversation with Patricia. For more information about today's episode, just go to forwardwomen.org slash Patricia. That is the number four, W-O-R-D-W-O-M-E-N dot org slash P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Work, Love, Pray on your favorite listening platform and leave us a review. Your review will help more people discover Work, Love, Pray, so your feedback is greatly appreciated. As you move forward on your journey to work, love, and pray well, don't forget to make time for real talk grounded in truth.